fun to watch. Honest 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Hello, Utah Street. Five, four, three, two, one. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Mass and All Access podcast. Your friendly neighborhood host, Bobby Blanco, here. We are moving along with our series recaps as the Nationals have returned home for a seven-game homestand, starting with four games against the Arizona Diamondbacks. I mentioned in the preview portion of the last podcast that this Diamondbacks team could be exactly who the Nationals need to face after a brutal start to the season. Now at full strength with their lineup, you want to face an inferior opponent in your home ballpark. Uh, entering the series, the Nationals were 3-6, and six, and you would think they had a good opportunity to get closer to 500, four games, and three of your top starting pitchers going over the weekend. So it looks like a strong opportunity for the Nationals to improve their standing in the National League East. Let's break it down. Old friend Esdrubal Cabrera returned to Nationals Park for the first time since last year. This time, as an opponent on the Diamondbacks, he met with the local media before the game, Reminiscing on his time with the Nationals, of course, winning the World Series and his relationship with Davey Martinez, he credited Davey for uh, revitalizing his career and giving him a chance to play. He was super thankful for the opportunity to play with the Nationals back in 2019. Um, And of course, great times winning the World Series. He even mentioned how Davey charged him and Gerardo Parra with keeping the clubhouse loose, which of course we know played a major factor into that postseason run. He also played a big part coming off the bench for Dave Martinez as a switch hitter and starting second baseman in Arizona during the World Series with the designated hitter. But that's where the pleasantries ended on this night for the Nationals after a nice tribute video for Estrubal Cabrera before the game. It immediately turned into a disaster for D.C., an 11-6 loss. What we were looking forward to as a bounce-back game for Patrick Corbin turned into a disaster, honestly, for the left-hander and possibly a big issue for the Nationals. Corbin got shelled for 10 runs, 9 earned in just 2 innings. He gave up 6 hits, 4 walks, 2 hit batters, and gave up 3 home runs, including an opposite field grand slam to D-backs 8-hole hitter Andrew Young. One of those walks and one of those hit-by-pitches came on a back-to-back batters with the bases loaded. All of that in the second inning after he gave up 3 runs, including back-to-back homers in the first Corbin had absolutely no command in this one. See the walks, see the hit batters. He threw only 35 of his 63 pitches for strikes. He also had no velocity on his fastball, averaging just around 90 miles per hour. We've seen him uh, more closer to 92, 93 throughout the course of his career. So what was the issue? Corbin, after the game, saying he physically feels fine, his mechanics look good, and Dave Martinez agreed with his pitcher, but said that they need to figure something out because this rotation really relies on on the ability to go deep with all five starters. Oh, it would be nice to um, to know like if there's one thing or, or a couple things, but um, yeah, I'm not not quite sure. I feel um, feel feel all right. I thought my legs uh, they felt um, better this start. Um, than the previous one um, under me. So I don't know. I'll just uh, continue to work hard and um, try to get back out there and have better results. Yeah, he just, um, he wasn't sharp. I mean, um, it's not, it's not, it's not like him to hit batters. I mean, his location was bad. I, I we try to, I can't really pinpoint anything right now on him. His mechanics look like they're okay. Um, so we're, I, we're just going to have to dig in a little deeper. You know, I talked to him when I took him out to make sure that he was okay physically. And he says he feels good. 
feels like real good. And he told me his legs felt better than they did his first outing. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll dig deeper here in the next couple of days and see what we can see and, uh, and get, try to get him squared away. As, as you guys know, our, our starting pitching, you know, has been the backbone here. So we got to get these guys right. Corbin's second straight bad outing to start the season comes just a couple of days after a rough start by Steven Strasburg. And as Davey mentioned, this team is built on starting pitching, so this is already an issue 10 games into the season. Of course, Joe Ross has been a bright spot. John Lester hasn't even pitched yet, but this outing by Corbin not only puts a bigger spotlight on his next start, but Strasburg's next start uh, to close this series on Sunday. And if Strasburg struggles again and Corbin struggles again next week, we're looking at a very serious issue for the Nationals uh, and kind of the opposite of what we've gone accustomed to, right? The starting pitcher has been uh, always the strong suit for this team and the bullpen kind of the weakness. So far this season, it looks like it's been the opposite. Corbin falls to 0-2 on the season. Merrill Kelly improved to 1-2 for the D-backs. The box score, 11 runs, 8 hits, 1 error for Arizona. 6 runs, 11 hits, 2 errors for Washington. So you had another game when the Nats out-hit their opponent but don't score enough runs to win the game. Uh, positive takeaways, though, from the box score. Starling Castro and Josh Harrison each hit their first homers of the season. Castro's was a two-run shot in the bottom of the first to give the Nats the lead after Corbin's rough start to the game, which kind of just adds to the frustration that Corbin couldn't keep that run, that lead that was given right back to him, and he couldn't go deep enough to help out the bullpen that he wanted to do. Uh, so another just all-around frustrating night for the Nationals. Harrison's solo shot came in the sixth since starting 0 for 3 this season. In his return, he's now 8 for his last 12 and batting 533 with a 1388 OPS and five RBIs in five games at the end of Thursday night's outing. So we'll keep it well, something to keep an eye on with Josh Harrison as we're moving forward. This guy is absolutely tearing the ball off the. Uh, tearing the ball up, uh, playing really well, and David Martinez cannot afford to. Uh, bring him out of the lineup. It's crazy to think where this team would be had this been Carter Keyboom. It's not even a question that Josh Harrison has proven that he's the better player right now and deserves to be in this lineup and on this team. Trey Turner and Juan Soto each recorded two hits at the top of the lineup, and Josh Bell had a nice opposite field double for two RBIs in this game. Out of the bullpen, Kyle Finnegan and Luis Avilan both put up two scoreless innings in relief of Patrick Corbin. The only blemishes were a walk for each and a hit off Finnegan. Avilon redeeming himself after uh, his outing on Tuesday in St. Louis. Wander Suero put up another zero. He has now appeared in seven of ten games and warmed up in, uh, in two others. So the Wander Suero meter, as Mark Zuckerman likes to point out, is really high to start the season. He's on pace for a bunch of outings this year. Daniel Hudson gave up a solo homer in the eighth to Pavin Smith. Brad Hand had a scoreless ninth, but also he hit back-to-back batter. So maybe it was just a matter of it being a cold night at Nationals Park and the pitchers not really being able to grip the ball, used to the warmer weather in L.A. and in Florida. I don't think it was it was pretty chilly in St. Louis, but you had a day game there with the sun. I don't know. It, it might have been an issue of, of the cold weather for the Nationals pitchers on Thursday. Friday night was a Shurs day, and the Nationals needed a stopper after Patrick Corbin's bad outing on Thursday night. And that's exactly what they got out of their ace, Max Scherzer. He pitched seven scoreless innings, only yielding two hits and two walks, while striking out 10 on a season-high 106 pitches. He was feeling his fastball early, consistently hitting 95 miles per hour, even late into the game. He uses changeup and curveball a little bit more than we're used to seeing. Um, and he said after the game that allowed him to play off his fastball a little bit more, which he was getting great movement on throughout the course of the game. Um, and of course, when he gets movement on that fastball, that makes him all the more deadly off the mound. Strikeouts are always a big deal when we're talking about Mad Max, but these 10 were even more significant. 
because on the ninth, he passed Cy Young, yes, that Cy Young, for 22nd on MLB's all-time strikeouts list with 2,807. And there's another one. 2,807 as Max passes Cy Young. Max, usually not one to harp too much on personal records and achievements, of course, always focusing more on the team aspect of the game. But he did say afterwards that passing Cy Young, one of the all-time greatest pitchers that this game has ever seen, is, of course, very special to him and something that he'll treasure for the rest of his career and as he moves forward. Of course, he would finish the night with 10 strikeouts, so one more to bring him at 2,808. That brings him within five strikeouts of Mike Mussina for 21st on that list. So that's something to keep an eye out when Max next takes the mound on Wednesday against his hometown team, the Cardinals. On the offensive side, there wasn't much to talk about. In a scoreless tie uh, throughout most of this game, they were going into the bottom of the ninth, still tied 0-0, but up comes Kyle Schwarber to the plate, and he sends Nats Park into a frenzy. After getting doused in Gatorade and water at the home plate and being mobbed by his teammates, Kyle Schwarber joined Bob and FP on the broadcast from the field right after the game saying he was just happy and excited to hit that uh, bomb uh, walk-off home run in front of fans. Uh, He loves the fans here in D.C. already in his short time with the Nationals, so he was just excited that they were able to be a part of that uh, special moment for him. Taking a look at the numbers uh, of this Schwarber bomb, courtesy of Mark Zuckerman on MassInSports.com, 463 feet that ball traveled. That was the second longest homer by a Nats player at Nationals Park since StatCast began tracking them in 2015. Only Bryce Harper's 473-foot bomb um, off Nick Pavetta in May 2018 traveled further. It was also Schwarber's home run, uh, the second longest home run walk-off uh, home run in uh, Major League Baseball history since Cats began tracking them back in 2015. It was an exit velocity of 111.9 miles per hour. Schwarber, remember back in 2018, taking part in the home run derby at Nationals Park. He had 55 home runs that night, finishing second to Bryce Harper. Zero of those homers traveled 463 feet. He did top out 462, though, however. He was facing left-hander Alex Young, and entering that night, Schwarber had a 198 career batting average against left-handers, 41 points lower than his average against righties. After this evening, wouldn't you know it, Schwarber's batting average against left-handers, 667, two for three after that home run. Four times that the Nationals previously won game one to nothing on walk-off hits, and that was the first time that it occurred off a walk-off home run. Saturday afternoon's game, how about this start from Eric Fetty? A second straight, really strong outing by Fetty. He struck out nine, matching a career high over five innings, only allowed five hits and one run on a solo home run. He also included a walk. His catcher, Jan Gomes, saying after the game that it was his confidence just was really built up early on, and when Fetty has his confidence early, that's when he settles in and has really strong outings. Getting a couple strikeouts early in the game really helped Fetty gain that confidence um, and settle into this game and, and really led to a, what was a almost a career day for Eric Fetty on Saturday against the Diamondbacks. Um, Offensive-wise, the Nationals had a really strong day. 14 hits, the six runs, and a 6-2 victory. 
uh, for the Nats on Saturday afternoon. Trey Turner had three hits. Juan Soto actually did not reach base this game, but he did have an RBI on a sack fly. Schwarber and Castro adding two hits each. And Jan Gomes, we just talked about him uh, guiding Eric Fetty through this start, also had a big day at the plate. Three hits, including a home run in the second, a solo shot, two RBIs, and two runs scored for Gomes uh, in this one. He had a really big day. Jan Gomes deep to left. See you later. First of the year. Another big day goes out to Ryan Zimmerman, who came off the bench in this one, did not get the start at first base, but came off the bench, delivered a pinch hit home run in the eighth inning. Of course, a good scene uh, for uh, for Nats fans at Nationals Park to see Ryan Zimmerman go deep in their home ballpark once again. Uh, If Zimmerman keeps this up, man, he is going to have a strong impact on this season, and he's going to be a huge weapon for David Martinez off the bench and in his starts as well. We've already seen Zimmerman have a really good outing uh, to start the season and be really strong for this Nationals team. Here's to take a listen to his home run shot from Saturday. Wonderful to see today's crowd give Ryan a charge. He puts a charge into that one. See you later. How could you not have a smile on your face listening to Ryan Zimmerman go deep if you're a Nationals fan? That was great to see. Although all was not great uh, at the end of this game. Yes, the Nationals went on to win 6-2 with Zimmerman sealing up with that shot. But at the end of this game, in the ninth inning, Wander Suero on the mound. We've talked a little bit before that he is getting a lot of use early out in this season. He threw 13 pitches and issued a walk, did not record an out, and had to leave the game with the training staff and David Martinez. Something looked wrong. He was in some pain, it looked like, on the broadcast. Afterwards, confirming that it was a right oblique issue and something the Nationals would have to monitor and take care of uh, early on as the weekend series continued, and we would have an update on that uh, before Sunday's game. And Sunday morning brought news from Wander Suera that he was going to land on the injured list. It also brought news that Steven Strasburg would not make his scheduled start against Madison Bumgarner for Sunday's afternoon series finale. Suero landed on the 10-day IL with a left oblique strain. David Martinez saying typically with those kind of severe strains, you have trouble breathing and that Wander Suero did not have any trouble breathing, so they're hoping it won't be too severe of a strain. The big news, obviously, of the morning, though, was Steven Strasburg again, not making that scheduled start against the Diamondbacks. Madison Bumgarner, a potential matchup of two former World Series MVPs. He landed on the IL 10-day retroactive to Thursday uh, with right shoulder inflammation. And now, we talked about how after his last start in St. Louis, he and David were very adamant that he was physically fine. He was not injured at all, and he felt fine. Davey, before Sunday's game, saying that Steven was able to throw his normal bullpen session in between starts earlier this week, but it was the following day that he woke up with some shoulder issues and feeling some sort of pain or having some issues in his shoulders. So the Nationals wanting to be extra cautious with their uh, starter starting pitching starting pitcher and uh, ordered an MRI. That's where they saw the inflammation in the right shoulder, and they decided to go with the IL. Uh, route for Steven Strasburg, uh, just being super cautious, uh, probably the right call. Hopefully, nothing too concerning, but concerned um, concerning for Steven Strasburg, and we can uh, hopefully see him back on the mound when his ten days again retroactive to Thursday are up. Uh, so maybe in the next week or so, we'll see Steven be able to get back on the mound. Uh, corresponding moves, though, they selected the contract of right-hander Paulo Espino to make an emergency spot start in place of Strasburg and recalled right-hander Ryan Harper from the alternate training site in Fredericksburg uh, to take Wander Suero's place in the bullpen. 
Paulo Espino pitched well in this emergency start. He definitely gave the Nationals at least a chance uh, to win this game or stay in the game. He wasn't the reason they lost the game. Uh, he went four and two-thirds inning, gave up two runs on two solo homers and five hits while striking out three. Uh, David Martinez saying after the game he was very proud of how uh, Espino went out there and, and conducted his business in, in such a difficult circumstances. Espino saying after the game as well that he didn't find out until around 5 p.m. Saturday afternoon uh, that he was going to be coming up and making this start on Sunday. It was the lack of offense, however, that did it for the Nats in this one to close the series. They were out hit by the Snakes 11-6 to in this 5-2 to loss. The only scoring provided by two solo home runs from Trey Turner. He didn't bust him inside that time. See you later. More than halfway up the blue seats. Turner. Big fly right center. See you later. He buggy whipped one to left. Then he stayed on it and hit it out to right center. Great calls by Bob Carpenter on the Masson broadcast. The Nationals left seven runners on base in this one. They could not get any clutch hitting. They went 0 for 2 with runners in scoring position, which I guess means uh, they were lacking solid base runners to begin with. I mean, you have seven runners left on, but only go 0 for 2 in scoring position. Uh, You're living and dying by a lot of singles and walks, it sounds like. Uh, throughout this one for the Nationals. Out of the bullpen, though, Sam Clay recorded two outs in relief of Espino. But after that, Austin Voth, Ryan Harper, and Kyle McGowan each let a run score in the back half of this game. Again, a 5-2 to two loss to the Diamondbacks. Bumgarner got his first win of the season. Espino took the loss, and Stephon Crichton took the save for the D-backs as they fought back to earn a series split. The Nats are now 5-8 and eight on the season and are looking at a three-game rematch with the Cardinals on South Capitol Street. Let's take a quick look at the opposite dugout. Of course, we just saw the St. Louis Cardinals last week in St. Louis. This time they're coming to D.C. Manager Mike Schilt has his team at 7-8, and eight, currently in third place in the National League Central, two games behind the Reds. Over the last 10 games, they're 4-6, and six, and they just won one game of their three-game set in Philadelphia over this past weekend. Of course, the season series against the Nationals. This is their second and final meeting for the regular season. The Nats won the series last week 2-1. to one. Pitching probables on Monday's opener. Jack Flaherty will start against Joe Ross, 7.05 p.m. on Masson and MLB Network out of market. Tuesday night game, Adam Wainwright versus Patrick Corbin, who's looking for a, a really good bounce back. The Nationals really need to get Patrick Corbin back on track on Tuesday night. 7.05 start on Masson. And then uh, Wednesday's afternoon, late afternoon game uh, on a getaway day and before an off day for the Nationals, Carlos Martinez, a right-hander, goes against Max Scherzer, 4.05 p.m. start on Masson. Uh, the big news there will be if, see if Max Scherzer can catch or pass Mike Mussina for the all-time strikeout list uh, as he just passed Cy Young on Friday. Taking a look inside the Cardinals after finishing up their homestand last week with the Nats and an off day on Thursday. The Cardinals traveled up to Philadelphia before coming down I-95 to D.C. this week. They won, like I said, just one game against the Phillies. Friday night's game, they lost 9-2, only scoring on Justin Williams' two-run shot in the eighth. Right-hander Carlos Martinez made that start. He, of course, will start Wednesday's matinee finale against Max Scherzer. Martinez got got hit pretty hard in fr- on Friday in Philly. He gave up six runs, six hits, and five innings. He's 0-3 on the season with a 780 ERA. 
But the Cards returned the favor on Saturday in a 9-4 win. The long ball was their friend in this one against the Phillies pitching staff. They hit four homers on a pair of back-to-back jacks in back-to-back innings. Yadier Molina and Paul DeJong in the third, and Nolan Arenado and Molina in the fourth. Molina finished with three hits, the two homers, and four RBIs. On Sunday, though, uh, the the Phillies came back back, and, and it was a pitching duel, and the Cardinals were shut out by Philly starter Aaron Nola, who pitched a complete game shutout, only allowing two hits and striking out 10 en route to a 2 nothing win. Jack Flaherty pitched really well against the Nats last week on, on Tuesday in that 14-3 victory for the Cards. He gave up just one run, five hits, over five innings while striking out six. He's 2-0 and with a 4-11 ERA. Adam Wainwright wasn't as efficient in Wednesday's game, Gave up four runs, uh, three earned, seven hits, and two walks while striking out seven over five innings in a 6-0 Nationals victory. Wainwright is now 0-2 with a 7-11 ERA, a slurpy ERA, if you will. Of course, Ryan Zimmerman homered off Wainwright on Wednesday, and Trey Turner also has great numbers against their veteran right-hander, so expect to see Zim at the top of the lineup and Turner again leading off on Wednesday. Remember, Nats Park will be at 25% capacity, a little over 10,000 fans allowed into the ballpark this week. Hope you get to attend one of these games on this homestand. Hopefully the weather holds up and you guys can get out there. The Nationals announced Sunday uh, that tickets still remain for this Cardinals series, so be sure to get in touch with your ticket uh, person or check out nationals.com for more information. For those of you in attendance, make sure you make 10,000 feel like 50,000. That's going to wrap it up for this series recap. Be sure to tune into the Cardinal series all week on Masson before Thursday's off day. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Masson All Access podcast. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud, wherever you get podcasts. And check out our live podcasts or normally scheduled a weekly podcast with myself and Amy Jennings on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter later on in this week. Again, a Thursday off day or maybe Friday morning. Um, and be sure to give Mass and Nationals a follow on all social media channels, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and the YouTube channel as well. And check out MassInSports.com for more coverage from Mark Zuckerman. Our next episode will drop Thursday morning or, or Thursday sometime during the day or maybe Friday morning, depending on the scheduling. I myself am getting my second vaccine, vaccine shot uh, on Tuesday. So assuming I feel fine uh, the day afterwards, hopefully this episode will get up sooner rather than later. Uh, recapping this second card series and looking ahead until the next road trip starting in New York against the Mets. I'm at Bobby underscore Blanco on Twitter. Be sure you give me a follow. Thank you so much again for tuning in. Until then, enjoy. Until the next time we talk, enjoy the games and we'll talk to you later.